All right, the message in the rainbow. <clears throat> Everybody say praise the Lord. God bless you. We're happy for all of you that are here with us this morning, this evening. And uh, <clears throat> I want to start out by showing you where this all began in the Bible. If you, if you have your Bibles, and we'll turn with us to Genesis chapter 9, and I'm going to read verses 8 through 17. This is about the rainbow that the Lord originally created. Now, before this event that we're looking at here in Genesis 9, before that, there were no rainbows. There were no rainbows. God made the rainbow to appear at that time. Uh, I'm not sure that they even had rain because the Bible says that the ground, the, the dew would come up from the ground and water the plants before the flood. This is the way it was done. And uh, there was a lot of things that were much different. For instance, animals did not eat animals. Animals, all, all animals ate grass or ate uh, corn or whatever, vegetation. Um, man did not eat animal life. He ate corn and so forth. I won't get into all of that. That's a Bible study within itself, but there's a lot of scripture that supports all of it. And in a thousand years of peace, it'll revert back to that. Animals will not eat animals. The ox and the lion and the sheep will all lay down together. The Bible teaches that. But so before the flood here, <clears throat> uh, <clears throat> the Lord told Noah, I'm going to send a flood. I'm going to flood the earth, cover the earth with water. And anybody who wants to be safe can get in the ark. And Noah and his three sons and their wives, four wives, all got in the ark, eight people all together. And they were in the ark, and then the animals that the Lord laid upon their, in their hearts to go in, two by two, male, female, of all the species of animals went into the ark. Some people said, how in the world did, did the ark be able to feed them and all that? Well, they probably went into a hibernation. Hybrid that slept a lot and so forth. They were in that ark for about a year. And they were probably in some kind of hibernation mode, whatever it was. And I don't try to work it all out. I just know it's in the Bible, and I believe the Bible is in the Word. And the Lord made that ark, had Noah built the ark, and it was a huge boat. It was a big one. So I'm not going to get into the details on it, only to pick up here. Chapter 9, verse 8, if you will pick up with that verse of Scripture with us. <clears throat> and God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying. Now, his sons, before I go any further, his sons were Ham, Shem, and Japheth. He had three sons. And the Bible talks about them uh, over in verse 18, if you want to jump to 18 very quickly here. And the sons of Noah that went forth of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham is the father of Canaan. These are the three sons of Noah, and of them was the whole earth overspread. So all the human race today on the face of the earth has come from these three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Basically, if I can say this, Shem is the father of the Asiatic, Japheth is the father of the European, and Ham is the father of the African. And then there is the mixture, the melting pot area, such as the Middle East. The Middle East was a melting pot area. So was Australia. So was South America, North America, and so forth. Mix, mix of different uh, of these different three sons. So I'm just trying to point out to you here that this is the where it all started. 
So I'm going to pick up here then in verse 9. And I beheld, I and behold, I established my covenant. This is God speaking now. I established my covenant with you and with your seed after you. That's those three sons. And every living creature that is with you. In other words, this is my covenant that I make with you, all the human race, and all the living creatures. <clears throat> Of the fowl of the, and of the cattle and of every beast and of the earth, of the earth with you from all that go out of the ark. And I will establish my covenant, verse 11, with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of a flood. And the Lord is promising them that. So he said there'll never be another flood again that will cover the earth that will destroy the human race goes on to say that in the rest of that 11th verse, neither shall there be any more a flood to destroy the earth. In verse 12, and God said, this is the token of the covenant, which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud. Now the bow here is the rainbow. Uh, in the Old Testament, it's always referred to as a bow. In the New Testament, is referred to as the rainbow. So uh, we'll, I just want you to know that the word bow here is referring to the rainbow. I set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a foretoken of a covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass that when I bring a cloud over the earth, that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh, and the waters shall no more become a flood to destroy all flesh. And the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. And God said unto Noah, This is the token of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is upon the earth, uh, and so forth. So I'm just pointing out to you here that the Lord originally put the rainbow, the rainbow in the heavens and in the sky, that we might look upon it and remember that the Lord has made a promise and he would never destroy the earth again by water. Now, all through the Bible, there's places where God reestablishes that rainbow to mean that he will always keep his promise. He will never fail on his covenant. Now, what we're reading here in the ninth chapter of the book of Genesis, but right after the flood, is where God said, I put the rainbow in the clouds and in the sky, and you can see those, and you'll know that I'll never destroy the earth again by water. Now, can I just say this to all of us here? God still shows us the rainbow. The rainbow is still with us. And every time we see the rainbow, you have to remember God is keeping his promise. And it's a reminder that God will keep his promise on every and anything he ever promises. God is a keeper of promises. And so when we see the rainbow, it is a reminder that God has not forgotten what he has promised that he will do. Not forgotten. Praise the Lord. I'll get more back to you and I and how that fits in with us a little bit later on. I want to go to number A here. God's covenant 
to never destroy the earth and water again. This is what we just talked about. B, this covenant from God was to all mankind and animals and animal life. And I just got through reading that from verses 10 through, from 9 through 10. All the animal life as well would not be destroyed by water. This is a God says, I'm, I'm making this a covenant and a promise that he would never do this. This rainbow is in the cloud. Notice that. Now I'm going to read a couple of verses here to you. The rainbow is in the cloud. Look at 13 again. I'm just rereading what I read while I go. I do set my bow in the cloud. And it shall be for a token for a covenant between me and the earth. Look also in 14, verse 14. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And then also he repeats that down in verse 16 where he says, and the bow shall be in the cloud. Now, the reason I'm emphasizing that, folks, is because the cloud is always that area where it looks like it's not going to be a pretty day or fair day or it's going to be drab and it's dark. And, uh, you know, the bright sunshine is always sort of uplifting to the spirit, but a, a cloudy day can be negative. And the Lord said, but it's in the cloud that I'm going to put the rainbow. So when you go through areas and times whenever you feel down and you feel negative and you feel like things are not going so well, praise the Lord. Just remember the rainbow is in the cloud, praise the Lord. God wants you to know he hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forgotten where you are. He hasn't forgotten what you're going through. He hasn't forgotten all these things that he's promised, praise the Lord, and he will keep them and he puts them in the cloud, not in the sunshine, but in the cloud. He said, I put the rainbow that you might understand that when the cloud can be heavy and dark and scary looking, praise the Lord, I've also put the rainbow there to remind you that I'm still keeping my promise and I will never fail. And the fact that he has made this covenant Many, many thousands of years ago, and he's still keeping it. If he will do that for the rainbow about the flood that came upon the earth, he will do that for all the promises and commitments and all the things that he said that he would do, that he would do for us if we walk with him and serve him and live for him. Praise the Lord. I'm going to move on here a little, a little bit further because I want to go into the book of Ezekiel. If you look at number two here. Number two, Ezekiel, Ezekiel's experience, Ezekiel's experience. Uh, I want you to go with me to Ezekiel chapter one. And uh, this was an interesting time for Israel when, is, when Ezekiel wrote his book. I'm going to tell you a little bit about him. Ezekiel was of the priesthood of Israel. And he had been in Israel and Israel had begun to sin and they began to commit sins and they began to commit transgressions and things began to happen to Israel and Israel went into captivity and the Lord had Israel, the Northern kingdom went into captivity, the Southern kingdom, Judah went into captivity. Daniel was taken in that captivity, taken over to Babylon, a king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came over and he conquered Israel and he said to the king, he said, now look, 
You pay your taxes and you're, 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 I'm going to tax you. You pay your taxes to me. All will be well. You just run this country just like I want you to run it. And, uh, and he took back with him 10,000 choice young people back to Babylon with him. Daniel was one. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. We called them the three Hebrew children. They were not really children. They were teenagers. And they later became adults and lived to be old men. And they went also back to Babylon. They were the three that were thrown in the fiery furnace later on in Babylon, if you recall. So I'm just saying that they are an example, those four, Daniel and, three, and those three Hebrew children, so-called. And also Ezekiel was one. Ezekiel was one. Ezekiel was of the priesthood where Daniel was of the kingship. He was a descendant of royalty. So they put him in the king's palace. And he worked with the king and so forth in the palace and so forth. Uh, Ezekiel, though, was put out in the country. And while he was there, Ezekiel was troubled because he knew that everything was not going well in Israel. Why had God forsaken Israel? And God gave him a vision. And I want you to look at this for a moment. This is Ezekiel chapter 1, verse 4. I'm going to read this verse of Scripture to you. Uh, Ezekiel 1, 4, right here. He says, and I looked and behold, a whirlwind came out of the north, a great cloud and a fire enfolding itself and a brightness was about it. And out of the midst thereof was the color of amber and out of the midst of it was fire. Now, I'm not going to read on and on because it goes on to describe how he saw this vision and what he actually saw was the throne of God and the presence of God in Babylon which was a little bit confusing to Ezekiel because, because Jerusalem and the temple was where the, the presence of God was. And that's where the presence of God would come out from the temple. He being a priest, he believed in that, followed that, understood that. But now he's seeing God over here in Babylon. It was a little bit confusing to him. Now I'm going to jump and go to verse 26 to get to my point about the rainbow. And above the firmament, that he described now all this up in the air, this stuff that he saw in the air, the, uh, the, the chariot of fire and all those, the wheel in the middle of the wheel. I won't get into the, all the description of that. He says in verse 26, and, and above the firmament that was a, over their heads was the likeness of a throne. He said in that vision in this whirlwind was a throne as the appearance of a sapphire stone. This is now like the throne of God. Uh, upon this likeness of a, a throne was appearance of a set of a, let me, let me back up here. And upon the likeness of the throne was the likeness as the appearance of a man ab above it. And I saw as the color of amber, as the appearance of fire round about within and the appearance of his loins, even upwards from the appearance of his loins, even downward. And I saw as it were the appearance of fire and it had brightness round about it. He's describing this thing in a supernatural natural pattern. He's seeing the throne of God over in Babylon. And it's a little bit confusing to Ezekiel because God's presence is over in Jerusalem. The temple is still there. And he's seeing all this. Now look at verse 28. As the appearance of the bow that is in the cloud. Notice that. Now this bow here is the rainbow. Now he's seeing all of this vision here of the, of the, uh, the appearance of this, uh, and the, 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 the Hebrew word for it is 
Merkava, Merkava. He saw the Merkava, uh, which was this throne that was coming across the sky. And it had, and, and, and in that throne and above that throne as the appearance of the bow or rainbow that is in the cloud in the day of rain. So was the appearance of the brightness round about. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one that spake. Now, I won't go into detail here about Ezekiel's continuation of his vision, but the rainbow represented in this vision that God is going to keep his promise. Praise the Lord. In other words, I know I brought you over here. I know you're in captivity. I know I let Israel go into captivity. I know. I know you did. But remember the rainbow. I keep my promises. Now, I'm going to show you what God's promise was to Israel. I'm going to go over to the book of Deuteronomy here. Do the book of Deuteronomy. And I'm going to read look at verse 28. Chapter 28, brother. Deuteronomy chapter 28. And uh, this is uh, just below the ones on Ezekiel there. Deuteronomy 28, 1 and 2. Praise God. It shall come to pass if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I commanded thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now, God goes on to say, I won't read all of them, but from there on down for the next, down through verse uh, 6, he talks about his blessings being upon them. I'll bless you here, I'll bless you there, I'll bless you when you go here, I'll bless you when you do that, I'll bless, I'll bless you, I'll bless you. And he names off here about six blessings or seven blessings that he names that he would bless Israel if they would just keep his commandments and walk with him. Now, he spells all that out in the first part of this chapter in Deuteronomy 28. You will be so blessed uh, that you, you, you is, it'll be overwhelming. But this is what he says in verse 15. I'm going to 15 now. Deuteronomy, and this is verse 15. But it shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and statutes which I command thee, that all these curses shall come upon thee. And then he names off these curses and begins to name them. And he goes on and on and on, talking about all the things that would happen to Israel if they did not live for God, they did not keep his commandments, and they did not walk with the Lord. I want to jump way ahead over here in that same chapter, the verse 47. Look at verse 47 very quickly. This is getting to my point. He says, because thou servest not the Lord thy God with joyfulness and with the gladness of heart uh, for the abundance of things. Verse 49, the Lord shall bring a nation against thee from far and from the end of the earth as swift as the eagle's wing. A nation whose tongue thou shalt not understand. You won't even know what they're saying. A nation of fierce countenance. And they will not guard the person of the old nor the person of the And he goes on to say, verse 64. I'll jump way over there very quickly. 64 right here. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth even unto the other. The Lord is saying, this is what I'll do if you don't keep my words. So when Israel failed God and they began to slip away, the Lord did exactly what he said in Deuteronomy he would do. He said, I will bring upon you your judgment. 
And that's what he was showing Ezekiel. He was showing Ezekiel, you know the judgment. You're suffering from the judgment. You've seen now Israel scattered over there. But then God made some other promises also. I'm jumping very ahead ahead here, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy 30 and 1. If you just turn over to the next chapter, two chapters. Here's what it says in 30 and verse 1. Everybody with me? This is uh, Deuteronomy 30. It shall come to pass when all these things are come upon thee. He's talking about the blessings and the cursings and all that. The blessings and the curse which I have set before thee. And thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whether the Lord thy God has driven thee. If you always remember thy children with, with all thine heart and with all thy soul. In other words, return to me and keep my word. That then... The Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whether the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. Now I've read all of that to show you here that the Lord promised them not only will you go into captivity if you don't keep my words, but also I'm going to bring you back again. And this is why when Ezekiel had this experience, God showed him that throne and he let him know that even though over in Jerusalem, it all had gone south. Now they were in Babylon, but God was still with them and that he would one day bring them back again. Praise the Lord. It was a promise of God. So when he saw the throne, the Lord said, I'm going to also remind you something else. He put the rainbow over that throne so that he would remember, yes, the rainbow is that God keeps his promise and Ezekiel then way back then knew that the rainbow had been around for a long long time many hundreds of years and and when he saw that rainbow on that throne he said yes this is God saying I'm telling you what I'm going to do and I'll tell you what I have done I'm going to tell you what you're going to go through but I'm also going to tell you I'm going to keep my promise and keep my word now folks there's a powerful message in there for all of us And that is that God will never fail in anything. What God says he will do, he will keep his word and keep his promise. Praise the Lord. And he was showing that to Ezekiel. Ezekiel was concerned about Israel. And he had seen the destructions and the devastation in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden now he sees this, he sees this, 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 uh, macabre. And that's the, the, the Jews have named a tank that over in, over in Israel. They name a tank that, which means a chariot of fire. And he saw that chariot of fire. And uh, we was over in Israel several years ago. And they were talking about this, these tanks that these Jews had, Israel has, and how powerful they were. And I said, is this the Makarva tank? He said, yes. The guy said, yes, that's exactly what it is. It's the Makarva. And uh, that's what, and it comes from Ezekiel here, the chariot of fire. But the rainbow was there to remind him, I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forgotten you. Now, I want to get a little bit further into this because God gives us more on this. But uh, the rainbow to Ezekiel was an assurance that God had not forgotten her. And I'm going to go a little bit further here because this also applies to the church. Folks, let me just say this. God keeps his promises. He keeps his word. And when you feel like that all has failed, and that's the way Ezekiel felt, all has failed, everything has failed. And God says, 
he showed up. He said, what's all of this about? And then he saw that rainbow on top of that figure and the throne and everything and all the, everything has a symbolic meaning, but that rainbow meant I'm going to keep my promises and one day I'm going to restore Israel and return it. Now, to give you a short version of this very quickly, God showed Ezekiel many things, but Israel was restored. They were restored. Some 70 years later, the Lord allowed the children of Israel that were in captivity in Babylon and all around those other countries to go back into Palestine to rebuild their nation. And they were there for 400 years and then came Christ, Christ Jesus. Now, <clears throat> after Christ, they were scattered again, just like there, and they were scattered throughout now the whole world. Now, let me have you go to Revelations chapter 4. This is Revelations 4. I'm going to get more into the my subject matter here right now. Look at Revelations chapter 4. Praise God. This is John the Revelator talking. He said, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was as it were a trumpet talking with me which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, this is John on the Isle of Patmos. The Lord appeared unto him, and the Lord was speaking to him. Now, what John had just seen was the seven churches of Asia in seven candlesticks, seven churches of Asia. He told about their good points. He told about their bad points, their faults and their failures. Every one of them all the way through. I think the church of Philadelphia, that's where the name Philadelphia, this our city in America, that's where they came from out of the Bible here. Because the church of Philadelphia, among those seven churches, was the only church that did not have any faults that the Lord found fault with. So it was a, it's a brotherly love. And anyhow, in those Chapters 2 and 3, he talks about those seven churches. And when you come to chapter 4 now, <clears throat> John's caught up into heaven in a vision, and uh, or however it was. And he says, after this I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, a trumpet talking with me. And said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Now, things after the church age, you understand? Because the seven churches were, were literal churches that existed in that time. And they were all in what is today uh, Western Turkey. They all existed. They were in different towns. But they also represented the church age itself from beginning to the end. I won't get into details. That's a, that's a series of Bible studies. That's a very interesting subject. Now he goes on to say here, Come up here, then I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven. Everybody say a throne. A throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like Jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne. Notice that a rainbow about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Now. Why did God show John here this throne in heaven with this rainbow on it? He let him know that I don't care what we go through and what the church may go through. 
God will always bring her out. Folks, God will never fail the church. Remember that. The church will never fail. Praise the Lord. And he was saying here that he saw this rainbow and it was God saying again to John. Remember, John wrote the book of Revelation 96 A.D. 96 A.D. Revelation, the book of Revelation was given to him. He wrote it. And that's way back in that first century still. And it was to be for the next, what is it, 1900 years now. But what I'm pointing out to you here is that the Lord was letting John know, whatever the church goes through, I have never forgotten my promises that I've made to the church. Now, let me just talk to all of us here a little bit. God keeps his word. He keeps his promises. Let me move on here a minute. I'm going to talk to you about some things. He said, wherever the church goes, whatever the church goes through, God will always be there. He will never fail the church. Now go to Matthew 16, 18 for a moment. Matthew 16, 18. I'm going to talk about us a little bit here. This is the Lord speaking. I say unto thee, thou art Peter, and upon this rock, not speaking about Peter, but because rock, Peter means stone, like a stone upside of your fist. A stone, not a rock. I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, speaking of himself and the relationship of Christ with his people. Upon, uh, upon this rock, I will build my church. Notice that Jesus is saying that here in his earthly ministry. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, the Lord has stated that. Isn't that there? You've got your Bible, you've got a pen, put a good, strong line under that. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That's a promise from God. That's a promise from Jesus. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Praise the Lord. Now, let me give you another verse of scripture here that we can look at as well. Look at Matthew uh, 28, 19. 28, 19. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Notice that. I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now that's a promise that Jesus gave. Before I go any further here, let me just say one word here in case if anybody here doesn't understand it. Verse 19, go into all the world and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name, N-A-M-E, singular, one name, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. That name is Jesus. Jesus is the name. Praise the Lord. A fellow one time told me, he said, Brother Myers, right there is proof that there's three in the Godhead. He was a Trinitarian. He said, right there is this proof that there's three in the Godhead. And uh, he said, there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Co-equal, co-eternal, co-existence. Uh, they were, you know, they're equal in all things. Uh, they're equal in power. They're equal in presence. You can exist. Everything's co-equal. Three equal, co-equal persons in the Godhead. That's what he said. I said, is that what that verse is telling us? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I said, look at verse 18. Now, everybody go back to verse 18. This is not in our text today, but this is just for free. 
Verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power, Jesus said this, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I said, Now you tell me how that Jesus can have all power in heaven and earth, and yet there is two others that's got equal power. I said, It doesn't mean Jesus has got all the power, there's none left for anybody else. Which tells me Jesus is the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. He's everything. If you got Jesus, folks, you got it all. Amen. I won't, I won't go any further into that. But anyhow, uh, this is just to say here that he said, I am with you always, even un, uh, always, even unto the end of the world. Let me give you one other verse of scripture along to go along with that. I'm just giving you scripture. This is in Hebrews 13, 5. These are the verses that I'm giving you here. This is one we just quoted. This is Hebrews 13, 5 right here. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, this is talking about Jesus now, the Lord God Almighty. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So there's good, there's three scriptures right here. You know, uh, I'm with the church. Uh, I go in all the world. Uh, lo, I'm with you always. These two verses here, this one here, uh, that the church uh, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, the reason I'm saying all of that, folks, is because God wants us to remember it. When he showed John in this uh, book of Revelation, chapter 4, he showed John that throne, it had a rainbow on it. And he said, don't forget, John, I keep all of my promises and all of my word, and I keep all of my promises to the church. Folks, let me say here today, God has given us some wonderful promises. He's given us some wonderful truths in the Bible. Don't ever let them slip from your hands. Don't let them fall. Praise the Lord. Keep the rainbow. Keep that rainbow in your mind. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll always be with you. And sometimes we go through some trials and tests. Sometimes we go through some difficulties. Praise the Lord. Uh, I remember years ago, if I remember this correctly, I think my son, your pastor, was a little boy. If I remember the story right, he was a little boy, and we stopped at a gas station to get gas one time. And he was stomping in some water, a little mud puddle, stomping in it. And... My wife said to him, don't do that. You get your shoes and your clothes wet. What are you doing? And he says, I'm stepping on a rainbow, a fallen rainbow. And I, oh, come on, come on. She rushed around and got him in the car and everything. I don't know if he remembers this. He was a very little, little tack. And I remember hearing him say that, and I walked past the puddle. And I thought, I don't know what he's doing. There's some little kids do things, you know. I walked past that puddle and I saw a rainbow there across the water, across a mud puddle. And I said, what were you doing? And he said, I was stepping on a fallen rainbow. Phew. Man, that went all through me. A fallen rainbow. A promise of God that had fallen. And I thought, how many people have had that rainbow in their lives, but they've let it fall. Let it fall. Let it fall. 
You know, you see the rainbow in a lot of strange places. I even saw the end of it one time on the hood of my car, driving down Wickham Road up here, turning, coming from going east and then turning south. And that rainbow, the end of the rainbow was up in the sky, and then it was down on the highway ahead of me, and the next thing I know it was on the hood of my car. I mean, it's funny how it can appear like that. But here, the way the sun hit everything and everything, and he said, a fallen rainbow. And I thought, Jesus, don't let us have a fallen rainbow. Remember this, the rainbow is to remind us God never forgets. And he will keep his promise. Folks, he's coming back again. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Praise the Lord. I know that we have desires and we have wishes and things. And God sometimes will keep them and sometimes he will not. He will not do everything that we always want him to do. But he has promised us some things. That is that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And if you walk with God and you serve the Lord, you will go through trials and tests along the way. But God will always keep his hand on you. And one day you'll see Jesus and walk streets of gold. I'm telling you. We may live to see the rapture. We may not. But we'll walk streets of gold. Praise the Lord. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Praise the Lord. Paul, when he said that, said, then we which are alive, he was assuming he'd be one of the alive. But Paul would be one of those dead in Christ shall rise first. I'm just trying to say here today, folks, that the rainbow, praise the Lord, is a reminder that God will keep his promise. Many years ago, uh, my uh, daughter, uh, who was a principal of, was a principal of school back then, uh, she had a teacher that had a uh, cottage or a big house, actually, up uh, on a lake up in North Carolina. That's a second home. She lived down here, and her and her husband had a nice sort of a second home up there. And uh, so one day she told my daughter, she says, if you know anyone who would like to go there and stay in the cottage, she says, you know, if it's somebody that you know and everything, uh, they can do it for half price. It won't be very expensive. And so my daughter told me about it. And I said, yes, we'll do that. We'll plan a vacation on that. So we did. And in making that, making that decision to do that, I called a friend of mine up north. I won't say anything about his name or where he lived or anything. But he lived up north. And I knew that he was going through a trial and a test, a real serious trial and test. So I thought maybe just coming down this cottage and hanging out with us there for a week, just not no worrying about anything else would maybe lift his spirits some and so forth. So I called him. I said, meet me there. You come from north. I'll come from the south and we'll meet there. And I gave him the location and everything. And we did. We met there. And we got there and we did spend a week and had a very nice, enjoyable time and fellowship together. And our families were together and so forth. Uh, but the second day we were there, there was a rain cloud came up. We went out on the front porch, a big long porch, rocking chairs on it. Went on that porch and sat there and was sitting in that parking chair, folks, and the most beautiful rainbow I've ever seen in my life went across that sky. That cloud was over there and we must have been looking toward the east. It was in the afternoon and that rainbow appeared. A rainbow appeared and that brother was sitting in the rocking chair next to me. And I said to him, Brother so-and-so, look at the rainbow. 
And he looked at that rainbow and he said, oh, my Lord, Jesus, you have given that to me. You have given that to me for me. I know. And he started he started weeping and tears running down his cheeks. He raised his hand. I raised my hand. We sat there on that front porch and just worshiped God looking at that rainbow. And then he went into a double rainbow, you know, just so powerful, powerful colors. And we sat there, I mean, for half an hour and just looked at that rainbow. And it was just like it was a picture there. And I knew that God had done it for him to let him know I haven't forgotten you. I haven't forgotten you. I know where you are. I know what you're going through. I know the tests and trials you're going through. And I'm here with you. And folks, all of us have times like that. And we have times whenever it seems like, I don't know if I'm going to make it or not. I don't know if, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this financial crisis. I don't know if I'm going to make it through this family crisis. I don't know if I'm going to make it with this situation going on in my life. My job, you know, get a pink slip that you've been, let, you've been let go on your job, whatever. I'm just trying to tell you here that all of these things can come at us in all kinds of ways. But that rainbow is to remind us that God will never fail us. I'll never fail you. I'll never, uh, you can always depend on me. I'm always here. You can trust me for all things. And I thank God for that. And when I think about the fallen rainbow, somebody at one time said, I give up. I'm not going to trust God anymore. The Lord just doesn't see me through. And they walk away from God. Don't ever do it. Don't ever do it. Praise the Lord. But God, God will keep his word. The rainbow is a sign of it. And the next time you see one, just remind yourself, God's reminding me again that he keeps his promises. Amen. Because the rainbow is still there. Amen. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. God never fails. He never fails. Uh, I'm going to move on here. I want to show you something else here. Uh, look at Revelations 10. We were in Revelations chapter 4 there. Look at Revelations 10. And uh, I'm going to read verses 1. And I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven, clothed with a cloud. Notice the cloud. And a rainbow was upon his head. Notice that. And his face was as it were the sun, and his feet as the pillows of fire. Now, this rainbow here was to remind John that God will keep his promise to Israel. This is all about Israel. From this point on, it's about the Lord restoring Israel. Because in 70 A.D., the Lord, because they rejected Jesus Christ, the Lord allowed the Roman, the Roman armies to come in there and conquer Jerusalem and conquer the Jews, tear down their temple, tear down their city, and scatter the Jews all over the world. That's why there are Jews all over the world today. Now, I know many Jews have gone back to Palestine. I say many. Uh, the land there is only got so many in, but there's more Jews out in the world than there is in Palestine right now. You know that. And they call themselves Israelis, everything. They're a nation, but they are not complete yet because God has not completed the work. But here in Revelations, he's going to complete it. He's going to complete it. Now, stay with me on this. Praise the Lord. And it says the rainbow was in the cloud. Uh, I want you to jump down to verse 7 very, with me very quickly here. Look at Revelations 10, 7, the mystery of God. 
But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, we're still in this 10th chapter now, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. Now, what is the mystery of God that he's talking about here? Well, we're going to cut to the chase real quickly here. We're going to show you what it is. I want you to go to Ephesians 3, 3, real quick. <clears throat> Ephesians 3, 3. Praise God. And uh, this is Paul writing. He says, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words. How about whereby when ye read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, <clears throat> that, and this is the mystery, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. This was the mystery that he understood that the Gentiles with the Jews would be of the same body of Christ through Jesus Christ. And that's called the church. And that's what we have today. Of course, the, Jew, the Israel as a nation <coughs> excuse me, rejected Jesus Christ and rejected that. <coughs> but that's the way it has been. This has been the mystery. Now, when you read over here in Revelations, uh, in this 10th chapter then, he says that in the seventh verse, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound the mystery, the mystery of God should be finished. That is, the Jews and Gentiles alike as a church, as a body. And that's you and I. So, folks, what we have today and we are in and know of as the church will one day come to its end. How is it going to come to its end? The dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain shall be called up together to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And the church will be taken out of here, be taken out of this world. And then God's going to let things come on the earth, the judgments and so forth that will come. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm jumping here into chapter 11 real quickly here. 11.1. Look at this very, with me very quickly. <clears throat> there was given unto me a reed like unto a rod, and the angel stood, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and them that worship therein. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles. In other words, the Gentiles are out. And this is what that Paul understood that has come in in his ministry, and it will one day go out when the rapture takes place. For it's given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread under but forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days. <coughs> Excuse me. These two witnesses, is verse 6, these have power to shut the heavens that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and have power over waters to turn them to blood, and to smite the earth with all plagues as oft as they will. This is Moses and Elijah. Moses and Elijah. And this is talking about the Lord saying that he was going to bring them back. Now, let me give you one verse here in the Old Testament in Malachi 4, 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. <coughs> Get too much into it because I know my time is getting away. It's about gone. 
only to say that God is going to restore Israel back to where they were. And uh, during the tribulation period, God's going to bring Israel back in his favor. He's going to restore them. I won't get into all the details there, but Israel, praise the Lord, will be God's people on this earth for a thousand years. It's called the millennial period of a thousand years of peace. You and I will be with Jesus, and we'll be in the holy city. Praise the Lord. That's our hope. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so while the rainbow represents Israel being restored to God there, it represents the church that God will never fail us and he will always keep us and he'll keep his hand and his promise upon us till Jesus comes. Now, I've got just a few minutes and I'm going to wrap this up by saying just as God has promised that he would restore Israel, that he will rapture the church away and we can keep and hold fast to that promise. And folks, don't let the devil trick you out of that. Don't let somebody talk you out of walking with God. Live for the Lord. Be a, be a righteous man and woman. Hold fast to his promises. And the Lord will be faithful. The Lord will be faithful. And one day we'll walk streets of gold. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I get excited every time I think about it. But I want you to know that one day the Lord is, and we'll see each other. Praise the Lord. We'll know, the Bible says you'll know as you're known. And I'm just saying that it's going to be a wonderful thing. But we can't fail God here in this life. Be faithful. Walk with God. Now I'm going to go to this part. The judgments of God are commanded to the wicked. And I'm going to read Isaiah very quickly here. This is negative. But this is what will happen after the tribulation period. And when God has turned Israel back to him, he'll bring judgment upon the world. Look at 24.1. Behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty and maketh it waste and turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. This is way over in Isaiah. God was promising, prophesying this would all happen one day to the Gentile world. Verse 3. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled for the Lord has spoken this word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languisheth and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. Verse 5. The earth also is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinances, broken the everlasting covenant. The everlasting covenant. I could go back and talk to you about because that's what over in Genesis chapter 9 when we first started out, the Lord said, I've given you an everlasting covenant. Praise the Lord. That's to be righteous Walk with God, serve him, keep his promises. Verse 6. Therefore hath the curse devoured the earth. They that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. I'm just telling you what's coming on the earth here in that tribulation period before the thousand years of peace. And when that comes, of course, it'll all be a peaceful time here on the face of the earth. But before that, God's going to, and that's what Revelation, the book of Revelation is all about, the judgments of God. I can show you from chapter 6 to chapter 9. And that was where there's going to be great wars. Great wars. Did you see in the, in the news today where the, or yesterday was it, that North Korea sent off some missiles? They went off out and they hit not too far from South Korea to show their power. You know what South Korea did? They sent off two missiles. South Korea. They sent off two missiles to show North Korea we got power now too. And what's been happening is that there's a lot of power that's being shifted to South Korea where the U.S. has stood in the gap. The U.S. is shifting more and more power to South Korea. 
And it went on to say that they, that South Korea now has it, and it was a surprise to everybody. They didn't know South Korea had the ability to send, you know, rockets way up in outer space and down into wherever they want to put it. And they pinpointed, they said they pinpointed right where they wanted it to fall. It fell in the ocean. Now, I'm telling you that, and it said in the news that now South Korea is the seventh, seventh nation in the world to have this power. The seventh. So there's seven nations that have the ability to fire these, these rockets in the air and way over, across, halfway around the world, folks, and drop nuclear bombs. I'm telling the world is getting in a very dangerous situation and position. It's time for revival. It's time to reach the lost. It's time to, to reach everybody you can. You're going to see the world get more wicked. The Bible says where... Uh, uh, where grace abounds, the, the, where sin abounds, the grace of God doth much more abound. And as sin abounds in these last days, God's going to keep on saving people right on up to the eleventh hour when the rapture take place. So I just want to tell you here today: keep walking with God, keep serving God. Let's keep winning people to the Lord. Let's keep keep telling them about Jesus because Jesus is coming back, and He will keep His word. If you don't ever believe it. Take another look at the rainbow the next time there's a cloud in the sky and there's a rainbow appeared. Just look at it and said, that's right. God keeps his word. He's kept it that long. He'll always keep it. I didn't read unto you the last one, Second, Second Peter. But in Second Peter, it simply says that the Lord, amen, uh, kept his promise, has kept his promise about the flood all these days. But the next time he would destroy the earth with fire. Aren't you glad we know the Lord? Aren't you glad we can serve God, keep his promises, keep his word, and walk with him? Let's stand together and give God the praise and the glory. Let's just thank him right now. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, you're such a good God to us. Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us. Thank you for the church. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for your promises. Thank you for the hope that we have. Lord, bless us this evening, God. Go with us at this time and meet back with us at the appointed time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Praise God.